everybody. Stephen Orfis here uh, with the Field of Dreams business podcast. We have episode number 14 tonight with the one and only Doug Wing. He's a CEO, author, speaker, sales expert, and investor. Uh, he has two best-selling books, uh, The Giant Success and also The Giver. Uh, so excited to bring Doug on tonight. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. He has a lot of value to bring to you guys as, as an entrepreneur. Um, and I think you're going to get a lot of value bombs uh, from him tonight. So let's go ahead and, and drag Doug in and uh, let's kick the show off. Hey, Doug, good evening, man. How are you? Hey, how are you, Stephen? Great to be here. It's We've been talking about doing this for uh, for quite a few months now, and I'm really excited to to be on your show. Thank you very much for, for letting me come and do this. Yeah. Well, I'm super grateful for you, man, as you know that. And we've been friends since COVID, I think, and uh, had to match the book Giant Success with my shirt that you sent from uh, from Phoenix. So I had to show my support tonight and just uh, excited for my audience to hear what you have to say. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Let's let's do this. Let's dive let's into dive this. right in then. All right. So uh, we were talking about this backstage, but let's kick it off. I mean, 40 years experience worked for your father uh, for the G Little Giant Ladder, which is one of the top companies in the ladder world. Tell us a little bit about that, Doug, and why why did you stay at a job for 40 something years? That's what I have to ask. And, you know, how, what was it like working for your dad, which is, you know, he's such an inspiration and I read the book and, and just the values that I learned from reading that. So I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. Great question. You know, um, I didn't know if I was going to be, you know, when I was, I started working when I was 10 years old for my father, my brother was 12 and, um, I had no idea I was going to do this for my entire career, but, uh, wow, it was, it was incredible experience. Like I said, started out when I was 10 years old. Um, cleaning restrooms, um, sweeping warehouses, eventually, you know, going into production, building ladders, you know, starting small. And yep. as I got older and, you know, got a little bit bigger, uh, you know, started running punch presses and eventually welding and shipping. And, and so, um, you know, it was really, really interesting working for my father. And he was really, really a smart guy. He, he had us do everything, learn everything in the business. And, um, and, and, you know, and so we gained an appreciation, a knowledge uh, of everything in the company, and then also an appreciation for the people that were working there, that were working year in, day in and day out and year in and year out building ladders. And guys, we had guys and gals that were there for, you know, their whole careers building ladders and it was hard work. And, and so um, I, I just had this amazing experience learning how businesses work and, um, Eventually, you know, working my way up into sales, customer service, sales yep. leadership, and then eventually owning, being a part owner with my brother and my sister and, you know, hiring people, firing people and managing people. And my goodness, growing this company that started out as, as nothing to, you know, over, we took it out to over 200 million and, and eventually sold the business, um, uh, you know, the first generation, my father grew the company, then we started and grew it, then we grew it even more. And then unfortunately, a lot of times with the third generation, they just don't have the, you know, they, they don't really have the desire to, to take it and grow it to the next level. But it was incredible. I just, we had a really, really unique culture there at Little Giant. And I found out that my dad, instead of being a builder of ladders, he was really a builder of people. And mm. those people helped my dad grow an amazing company where we had this just amazing culture and it was just phenomenal. 
And actually from reading that book, one of the things that really stuck out with me is the way <clears throat> when he used to walk around from department to department and just check on people and make sure they were okay. And that, that really stood out to me as a leader and the fact that he did that for so long and yeah. everybody, everybody knew his presence, you know, was the other thing that i I felt it through the page of the book, you know, reading it. So it was just super powerful. So just amazing. Yeah, that's an, that's a really good point. I always tell people, my dad went through the back door not the front door. And, and you know, you've probably been at companies where the owner walks through the front door, doesn't really talk to anybody, goes in his office, closes his door and doesn't really have a lot of interaction. And then at five or whenever, four or three, he leaves and goes golfing or whatever. Yep. And, and, but my dad went through the back door and he knew this is what was incredible is he knew every person that worked for him, even when we had 400 plus people there by name and he would know something about them, he would stop and visit with them all for a few minutes and talk to them. And it was incredible. And I learned how to do that as well, to know who our people were and to, you know, you, you, you just, they're more like family. And so, you know, you, it was incredible how my dad was that way. And he loved his people more than anything. My dad loved the people that worked for him. And my dad never sold the company, I believe, because he loved and cared about his people so much. And yeah. he had a lot of offers, but, you know, he always wanted to know what's going to happen to my people. Yeah. And when you love and care about people as a, as a boss, as an owner of a business, people will break their backs for you. And oh. um, they, they just know that you love them and they will do anything to help you succeed. And so that's a big part of, of kind of when I go around and speak about this book, Giant Success, I talk about build people help people, love people, and it's going to come back to you like you won't believe. And if you help enough other people succeed, as Zig Ziglar said, they will help you succeed like crazy. Love that quote. That's why I always talk about the field of dreams. And if you could help other people achieve their field of dreams, it is going to come back to you. So thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. In oh. fact, there's a, there's a little plaque on the little giant building that says, if you concentrate on building a business and not the man, you will not succeed. But if you concentrate on building the man, you achieve both. And so that was oh. really my dad's mantra was I'm going to build people and help people give people jobs, opportunities. And they, they just went crazy for him. And he's been, he was so successful. Yep. Agreed. I have that little chip on my desk still. I'm bringing that with me everywhere. That's a powerful quote. So good deal. And uh, just your experience, Doug, is pretty wide, you know, wide and, and, vast from being in that industry for so long. I mean, and working in different departments, I know, uh, you know, in your bio, you said you oversaw cable telecom industry responsible for 150 million. So you've seen okay. high level dollars and experiences, but just talk to us from some of your other jobs or experiences that, that brought you to become an entrepreneur and, you know, why is this your route, you know, today? Well, one of the things I like to say, people always say, why, why was Little Giant so successful? And I, I will say two things is we, you know, we built people and we loved our employees and took care of them and treated them uh, like family. That was one of, you know, kind of the secret sauce of Little Giant is we, we really took care of people um, like every, I don't know, people probably were blown away by this. I've had people come to meetings at Little Giant and every meeting we had at Little Giant began with a prayer. And people would, people would be like blown away. They're like, you guys actually pray before meetings? And we're like, yep. And we did little things like every per, every employee that we had received their birthday off with pay. And so different things like that. Um, we had an employee that his wife got sick 
had a stroke and was seriously ill. And my dad went to him and said, you don't have to come to work until your wife gets better. And by the way, we're paying you to take care of your wife. And so when you treat people like that um, and take care of them, like I said before, they will just do so much for you. They know that you love them and care about them. So I think that was one of the things that made us really successful. The other thing about Little Giant that was successful is, uh, that made us so successful is our quality was incredible. And it was, we never sacrificed quality. And, um, and that just went, and, and we were so innovative and we listened to customers. What got us into the cable business in the first place was we actually did not even make fiberglass ladders. We just made metal ladders and Ryan Moss and myself, who was our CEO, we were at a big safety show and we had two gentlemen, one from Comcast and one from Charter, two huge cable companies come up to us and say, hey, we're looking for a ladder um, that's lightweight, that's strong. And so what they were doing, their technicians were carrying around 100 pound extension ladders and they were having all these accidents and it was killing them as far as, you know, they were having all these workmen comp claims. People were, you know, hurting their shoulders and all. They said, if you guys can come up with a ladder, half the weight, 50 pounds, we will buy them. Everybody will buy them because all the safety directors worked together in this little group. They all had the same issue. They were crashing their vans and trucks and they were hurting themselves by carrying ladders. And so um, Ryan told them, we'll build this ladder. And I, when they walked off, I said to Ryan, Ryan, we don't even make that. <laughs> goes, we're going to make it for them because they need it. And so I think one of the big, big keys that I learned at Little Giant was listen to the customer and then provide what they need and want. Yep. And you'd be so successful. So long story short, we made this ladder for them, 50 pounds. We called them up. They said, bring this ladder to this um, to this uh, group of, you know, our engineers and all the cable guys. We went there. There was Comcast, Charter, all these mm -hmm. Cox, all these big cable companies. We showed them the ladder and they just fell in love with it and said, can you give us 25 ladders? We'll send them throughout the country, let our technicians use them. And what happened, Stephen, was is when we sent him out and they'd give it to a technician, he would have it for a couple of weeks and he was supposed to give it to another guy. Yeah, they were he's like, this is my ladder. You're not getting it back. This is, I mean, imagine taking a guy's ladder, hundred pounds and taking 50% of the weight off of it. They were wow. so much productive uh -huh. immediately. All the accidents stopped. And so at first all the cable companies said, oh, we're just going to buy these when our ladders break, but they said, yeah so much money, millions of dollars in claims and all that stuff. They just said, nope, we're going to start buying a little giants immediately. And they took it through the whole thing. And that's how the cable business just took, took off. That's I mean, we, we went from zero to, you know, like I said, $150 million worth of sales in five years. And I did learn one thing too, is that they went to other ladder companies before us and asked them if they could do it. The other ladder companies lied to them, said, yeah, we'll do it. And then they just blew them off. Blew off, yeah. They came to us. We did it. And guess what? We earned their trust and we completely took over all their ladder business for the entire cable market and telecom market. I mean, we're Oof. talking Verizon, AT&T, all sure. the cable, telecom. It was humongous. So listen to the customer. Do what you say you're going to do and look for opportunities. And we created a whole new market for the company. It was incredible. Mm. And the, the customer reviews, you know, the ranting reviews today goes a long way. So I know you guys have done that as well. So that, that's just excellent. And that, there's always that one game changing moment for a company, right, to, to solve that one problem that, 
really explodes. Yeah, because exactly because what happened when we went into the fiberglass ladder market, we not only got the cable business, but we went into electrical and HVAC and all these other trades that we weren't into, and the company just exploded. And so just doing that one thing with the cable market, it opened up everything for all the other markets in the fiberglass industry, people that use non-conductive ladders. And it was huge windfall for the company. And so I really learned to listen to the customer and then build them what they want and build quality. We knew we could build quality because we always had that. And um, my dad used to say every ladder that goes out of this building has my name on it. And so it has to be of the highest quality. And so he was a stickler on quality and um, he, he demanded it, you know, because he said they have my, la- my name on them. Yeah, I read that in the book, too. And I remember when he said, you know, he would watch every part that was being put yeah. together the ladder, you know, like a hawk. So that was just really cool to, to read on the page and actually feel him, you know, looking at the guys. Cause I was in the window and door industry and, you know, I get it cause we, we pivoted during COVID and we opened up a retail arm for the homeowner because nobody wanted to go into Lowe's Home Depot anymore. And because mm-hmm. we did that, you know, we grew 1.5 million, you know, by the coming year because we made the adjustment. So you guys made that adjustment. You got rewarded. And that's that's big for entrepreneurs to hear. You know, and you guys did it at a much higher level. So uh, God bless. That's just amazing. Yeah, it's just like the window industry. You know, there's people at the there's yeah. companies at the bottom. There's companies at the, mil- the middle. Then you have companies at the top like Pella and some of these other higher quality products. Mm-hmm. You know, you get what you pay for. And um, and Little Giant was definitely the, you know, the, the top of the. For sure. The, uh, highest quality, which, you know, I think in tough times, people buy quality in it. We've always made it, we always made it through recessions and tough times because yeah. there are certain companies that are like, well, you know what, we're not going to skimp, especially on the ladder when a guy can fall off of it and we can get sued and the guy gets hurt and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Cut the budget somewhere else, but they're going to stay with good quality, good people. So yeah, safety point. really sells. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, also the other piece to that, uh, I remember when I was reading, uh, just the level of quality, like you were mentioning, but just every single employee, how they really cared and they treated it as their own brand, you know, yes. because your dad instilled that culture. You know, and I think culture is so important in the small business, you know, in order for, for everybody to succeed. Yeah. The way we did our training and manufacturing is we said, Hey, any of you, any of you, when you're working and you see something uh, happening, you can shut down production, you know, don't, you know, if you see something that's not right. And so it's really through training was really important though, how we trained our people and, you know, to teach them, Hey, this is what you look out for. And, you know, we, we did a lot of that and it, and it was really good. Yeah. I mean, even when I I posted your graphic, you know, yesterday and one person already commented and said, Hey, I have that ladder. I love it. So I thought that was really cool, you know, just to be able to, to see the giant, uh, the little giant ladder out there you know, in, in the world. So you guys are definitely making an impact for sure. <laughs> yeah. When, when we actually sold the business, we, and I, I know we still are, but I think we're the third largest ladder company now in the world. So yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. I mean, I think if my dad was alive today, he, I know he'd be real proud, you know, so. Sure. You know, he's watching over. That's for sure. Yeah. The, uh, cool. So let's go into, I want to go into the giver, your other book. So you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about the giver? I know you have a copy in front of you. I don't have that one yet. That's my next book I'm purchasing. But, you know, tell yes. us a little bit about it. Yeah. So this book, what happened was how I actually got people said, how did you get into writing books? And it was it's really interesting how that happened. So 
I have a really good friend. You probably heard of him, Jeffrey Gittimer. He's written yeah. 18 books. This is the number one sales book in the entire world that was written, this little red book of selling. And um, I was friends with Jeffrey. He was doing training for a little giant sales training. And when I ended up retiring and selling the company, I was in a meeting with Jeffrey and telling him some stories about the company. He never got to meet my dad, but he said, these stories are incredible. He goes, you need to write a book. And I just looked at him like, I'm writing a book. And he said, no, Doug, you don't understand. Your book is going to be a best-selling book. And so Giant Success really teaches, you know, the business philosophies of how wing and how to treat customers. And, you know, it's just incredible. And so that book really did well, number one uh, on Amazon. And then um, I decided, you know, I have all these other stories and I want to start writing books, other books. And I had a meeting with Mark Victor Hansen. I don't know. I'm sure you heard his name. He's he's the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, probably the biggest publisher right now in the world. And so I'm having dinner with Mark Victor Hansen uh, as well. And I was like so excited that my book did well. I was in shock, really. And I know that that book did well because of Hal Wing, you know, and the things that are in that book. I'm having dinner with Mark Victor Hansen and telling him some stories. And he goes, I want to sign you to a publishing deal to write more books. And I was like, really? And he said, yeah, the first one's going to be called The Giver. It's going to be fiction. And it's going to be some of these incredible stories. And he goes, and it's going to be a bestseller too. And I didn't believe him at first. And so anyway, we wrote this book, Mark Victor Hansen, um, with his company. And that book um, went to number one as well. And I was blown away. Wow. But so that book, what that book is, is it's fictional characters some of the stories are real life stories from my life. And then some of them we just created about this incredible guy that just gave his whole life. He gave up his time, his talents, his means. He gave people opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so I'll tell you how this book goes is um, in the beginning, his two sons work with him and the, the father uh, gets cancer and ends up dying. And Spencer Ward uh, in this book takes over the business and he's kind of a a little bit greedy. Maybe he wants to just make a bunch of money and grow the business. And what he finds out through this taking over the business, he finds out his dad was this incredible giver and he did it all in secret. And so he's like blown away. He's like, man, I can't believe my dad. All he did was help people and give money and do all this stuff and do stuff for people and gave him opportunities and chances. And throughout this book, he learns about all these things his father did and his whole life changes. He becomes a giver throughout this book, he decide he figures out, oh my gosh, this is what life is about, is helping people and not just about making money. And at the end of the book, he completely transforms his life and becomes a giver. And at the end of the book, he's visiting his dad at the, at the cemetery and he has this little talk with him and he says, man, dad, I got it all wrong. I didn't realize that this is what life was about, but he changes his whole life, his focus. He kind of neglected his family and his kids and his wife. And he completely turns around and becomes the man that his father was. It's really, it's really a cool book. Wow, that's powerful. And uh, that's something we can all learn from for sure. Yeah. So that's how that book came to, to, to uh, fruition. And right now I'm working with Mark Victor Hansen again on another book that will be out this year. That book is going to be, again, fiction with stories and it will be about integrity. So I'm really excited. I, I really love writing about these virtues, the, mm-hmm. the, the good virtues, like, again, giving, uh, integrity, loving, 
helping people. And I, I can see myself maybe writing another three to five books about these different virtues and doing them in a fiction format. They're really a lot of fun. And people, you know, 150 pages, they can read them in one or two days and they really love it. That was one thing when I first met Mark Victor Hansen, he said, coming out of COVID, he goes, you have these incredible stories and people need to hear these stories of hope, you know, yeah. because it's so negative and then people were down and discouraged. And so I, I love bringing this, these messages to people. And then what happened was I started doing these podcasts and then I started speaking at schools and to companies and it's been incredible. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I never thought I'd be doing, I never thought I'd be doing this. You know, I was, I was gonna... in the manufacturing, I was in sales, I was in, I had a company. And now you're doing consulting, speaking, you know, you're an author. Yeah. I love it. You know, that's I kind mean, of the Yeah. Last year I spoke to schools and these kids just eat this stuff up, you know, because I, t I start these things out, um, these presentations to schools. And I say, when I was in the ninth grade, I had an English teacher in front of the whole class told me I was stupid and that I would never amount to anything. And people are shocked, you know? And, and so I think there's a lot of kids that are told that at some point in school, like, Hey, you're a moron, you're dumb. Yep. And I always wanted to find out where this teacher was of mine. I've never been able to find her, but I wanted to take her to lunch and say, Hey, I did pretty well. I turned out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And just the, the world today, it's changed, you know, and there is yeah, a lot of, people, so. yeah, people, exactly. People, I think people need good stories and true stories and, you know, and good experiences and hope because we're living in some really troubling and interesting times, but guess what? There's still a lot of good out there. And if you work hard and you, you know, you do the right things, you're still, you can still be successful even in these challenging times. And there's a way, you know, there's ways to do it. And giant success kind of gives you the roadmap. And then these other books are just fun books about, you know, just great stories about how to treat people, how to help people and, and how to live your life, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think it's the land of opportunity. That's what I call it, you know? Oh, yeah. There's even today I say that, I mean, walk into a restaurant and walk into any store. People are doing the bare minimum now. And like people don't have the communication skills, mostly because people are talking on their phone, you know, texting on their phones. And I think that during COVID, people lost the ability to communicate with each other. And the young people don't have that skill. They don't know how to work with people. And um I think that there's so many opportunities out there still for, for people to be successful. Um, but you, you know, you just got to get out there and make it happen. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. What, uh, what would you say, Doug, is, is your definition of success? I love to ask each one of my guests that because it means something different to everybody. Well, I think that you don't compare yourself to other people. And if you just do your best every day and make sure it's your very best, um, Little improvements every day uh, are, are so important, but, and don't compare yourself to other people um, because that will just, it's, a, it's just, that'll just be disastrous. So do your best. Um, you know, there's so many little nuggets in giant success. Like my dad used to say, you can tell the customer anything you want to, as long as it's the truth. He has another saying that says, don't lie, don't steal, don't be lazy. You know, those types of things of being truthful, honest, um, treating people with kindness. People always say, oh yeah, you know, um, you're not going to get anywhere by being kind to people. I disagree hundred percent. Mm -hmm. My father was so good to people and, um, he was so honest. He used to have a saying that, you know, he would say, Hey, if we're in a meeting and if it's not a good deal for everybody around the table, then it's not a good deal. 
And so, you know, we're, we're living in a world where people are so selfish and greedy and where they want to take the lion's share. My father was just the opposite. He wanted to make sure everybody, including our vendors, our distributors, our customers, that they all got, you know, that it was a good deal for everybody around the table and not just him. And so he built relationships with vendors and um, with distributors and wanted to make sure that they were taken care of too, because if they were taken care of and your customers are taken care of and your employees are taken care of, they'll take care of you. And so he was just so incredibly fair, sometimes even probably gave away too much, but there was always enough for him and we were always blessed. Yeah. And uh, I love that everybody would win. You know, it, it is uh, very rare today for somebody to, to take that principle in that way. And when you do, like you said, it, it normally comes back to you because you're doing the right thing. Yeah. The other thing my dad was so good at was he would take people. He could, he had this unique ability, Stephen. He could see people when they walked into his office and asked for a job, not as they were, but he saw the potential and what they could become. And so, and then he helped them to become that person. And he had this unique gift to do that. You know, like we had a guy that came in and was in prison and he came in and even the HR guy took his resume and crinkled it up and threw it in the garbage and said to my dad, we don't need to interview this guy. He's a loser. So my dad was intrigued. He picked it up out of the garbage. He uncrinkled the paper and he looks down and he goes, I don't see anywhere on this resume where it says this guy's a loser. And he goes, well, can't you see he's been in prison? And my dad goes, yeah, I see that. But I also see that he went on a church mission, that he was an Eagle Scout. He goes, let's bring this guy in for an interview. I think I feel good about this. They bring this guy in. My dad talks to him. He's an incredible man. My dad gives him a job. He worked for us for over 25 years, became a supervisor. Yeah. And my dad, I still remember in the book, it talks about this, where my, my dad brings this guy in. Um, he, my dad found out that this guy came in earlier than anybody for work. He left later than everybody. He worked harder than everybody. So my dad made him a, the foreman over all of manufacturing. This guy was like 6'2", 230 pounds of solid muscle, former policeman. And he brings him in and he said, hands him a keychain and he goes, what are these keys for? And he goes, they're yours. And he goes, what do you mean they're mine? And he goes, you're the shop foreman. You're over all of manufacturing. And he said, this guy broke down and started crying. And he goes, don't you know what I've done? And my dad goes, yeah, I knew the, the day that we hired you. I knew you were, you'd been in prison. Yeah. He goes, I, there was something about you, gave him an opportunity. And he said, this guy just picked my dad up crying and just hugged him. Uh-huh. And, he ended up working for us for his entire career, retired, and he was just an incredible employee. And so, again, my dad had this this gift where he could see people as mm-hmm. they were, but as they could become, and he helped them to become that person. And then, of course, these people loved my dad and worked so hard for him. So I think that was mm-hmm. a real big gift that he had was to see people and to, as to what they could become, and he helped them to become that person. Uh, talk about mentorship and second chances, right? That this world is just <laughs> so, so scared to, to do and be a part of and uh, yeah. amazing what people could turn into, you know, when they're in the right environment. But yeah. And I think my dad also had this ability to, to look for opportunities to help people, even if it was outside of the business, he, he just had this ability. It's a gift, but you, again, you have to, I think my dad, 
prayed every day, help me find people that I can help. And, and he, then he went out and looked for it, right? So he prayed for opportunities, but then he went and said, okay, who can I help today? And he had this, he, he, you know, he looked around, for example, when, when we, just like in the book, the giver, when my dad died, we had people come, there was a huge line and people came to the funeral home and we had all these people say, your dad did this for me. And we're like, what? We didn't know about this. I mean, a little old lady walked up and said, I was homeless and your dad bought me a house. We had no idea. I remember reading that in the book. Wow. Yeah, and she said, she said, I would have been on the street and your dad bought me a house, took care of me. Incredible stories like this to where Hal Wing somehow heard about all these opportunities um, and he did it, right? He just made it happen. <laughs> what, a man, what a man of God, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, an incredible heart. I mean, just, just, just was gave everything he had to people. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I got to give you kudos, Doug, you know, just to be able to talk about your father like that and to follow in his footsteps. I think that's what we all want to do, you know, in our own family. So, yeah, incredible. just honest too, as the day is long. I mean, there was one story where my dad fired the salesman and he deserved to be fired and he was mad at my dad. And he said like two months later, he goes, I get a check in the mail. I'm interviewing this guy for the book and giant success. And he says, two months later, I get a check in the mail. And then the next month I get a check in the mail. And the next month I get a check in the mail. And he goes, your dad kept trying to call me and call me because finally I, he wouldn't give up. I answered the phone. And I said, how, why are you sending me these checks? And he said, do you remember that account you had, you were working on before you got fired? He goes, that came through. And he goes, I'm going to pay you one year's commission every month because you and he was gone. He had left, you know, he got fired and my dad was like, this is the right thing to do. And so he said, I was mad at your dad, but he goes, your dad was my best friend again because he paid me for one year on this account. Every month I got a commission check and he goes, he was so honest. And, um, how many bosses do stuff like that? Right. Oh. No, you leave the company. They're just going to take the, they're mm -hmm. not going to pay you commission. You're gone. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it, that's the kind of guy how wing was, he was just incredible. Hmm. I was lucky enough to have this guy as a dad, you know, not only, was he, not only was he my boss, but I learned lessons from my dad too, believe me. And in the book, I remember one time I, I got, you know, I got married and I wanted a new house and I was living in an apartment. I walked into my dad's office and I said, I want to, I want more money. That's how I said it to my dad. I mean, I can't believe I said that. I said, give me more money. And my dad, my very own dad looked at me and he goes, you're not worth any more money to me. And it about killed me. He goes, you're my son. I love you. But he goes, right now, you're not worth any more money to me. He goes, you can either go learn, you know, more skills, get a degree, uh, or you can learn something different in the business. And, but he said, I do have an opportunity for you. He goes, our, our custodians just quit and you can come in in the morning or stay after work and clean all the offices and you'll make this amount of money and you can get your house. At first, I was a little bit offended by that. But yeah. guess, what? guess what? For three or four years, my wife and I, we cleaned the building and we were able to get our house. And then going back, I thought, I have so much more respect for my dad. Yeah. Could he have written me a check and just said, hey, give this guy more money. He's my son. Absolutely, he could have. But he taught me a lesson, right? Just well, because I was his son doesn't mean I was going to get more money. And it was incredible. And at first, I was mad. Of course, I was young. And I was like, why is my dad doing this? But I got over it and I thought, you know what, this guy is so smart and he's, he's right. You know, I think that's part of the problem today with the young people is there's an entitlement society now where people are like, I deserve this. And just because, you know, who I am or whatever, but 
So I, I had a great dad that wasn't afraid to tell you, you know, hey, put you in your place. And at first he didn't like it, but looking back on it now, I, I just loved him for it. And he was right, you know. Yeah. No, sometimes we have to eat the bullet and, you know, be humbled a little bit and do whatever we got to do. You know, it's, it's exactly. Yeah. True. So, and I know it rubbed off on you and into your adult life. So, you know, if you, like you said, if you took a different route, it could have, you know, gave you some entitlement as you got older, instead of, you know, teaching you a good solid life lesson. Yeah. We're, we're kind of living in that society now where these young people are like, Hey, I deserve this, all, all this stuff. I mean, people are coming out of college and they're telling companies, I want $100,000 a year and yeah. I want to, and I want this and that. And, you know, that's not the way that, you know, you, you got to go out there and make it happen, you know, but we, yeah. So we're living in a totally different world today, which, but, um, but I'm grateful for a father that actually taught us how to work. And the other thing that was incredible about my dad is he had such a positive attitude. He, he, he instilled that in us that no matter what you guys can do anything you want to, if you go out there and work hard enough and apply yourself, you can be a success. And he was, man, he, he lived it. I mean, he was there before anybody else. He set the example. He worked hard. He, he had records in the sales department and traveled all over and lived in a station wagon. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, I know he lugged those, the ladders, you know, from place to place in his car. And it just reminded yeah. me of the way I started, you know, going door to door with WB Mason and, and taking a book and, going, you know, business to business and developing relationships and learning how to sell. So it's, yep. uh, you got to learn that way for sure. Let's go into, uh, I know you serve board of directors. You're big into the honoring heroes foundation, which is, uh, really yes. hugs on yes. my heart. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So honoring heroes, um, was something that my dad was involved in. And then, you know, I watched again, as part of this giver mentality, my dad was so good with, um, Honoring Heroes, which what we do is when we have a police officer that goes down in the line of duty, he's either injured or killed, um, or we've even had some of the troopers, the high patrol and things, their wives have had cancer and things like that. We come in and help um, with, you know, uh, resources to where uh, when I was in Utah, living in Utah, we had a couple of uh, troopers, the high patrol that were killed and they didn't even have life insurance. They didn't have enough money to even buy burial plots and things like that. And so we came in and took care of the funerals and, and the burial plots and we helped their families and stuff. Um, uh, we, we helped uh, this one trooper's wife that had cancer and she survived and everything, but we helped them with medical bills and things like that. And so this is something that my dad was very, very, as a former member of the U S army, my dad really loved the military and our, and our, um, police officers and first responders. And so now I'm on the board of honoring heroes and it's just a great opportunity to, and I'm telling you what our police officers, uh, 99% of them are just really, really good people. And yeah, there's been a few, you know, bad apples out there, but, but boy, they've sure taken, people have really come after, you know, our law enforcement, they don't make a lot of money. They put their lives on the line for us. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've, I've been really enjoyed honoring heroes where we've come in and been able to help families that go through you know some of these tragedies and it's it's just been a really really uh rewarding experience they're they're such good people they really are so dedicated to you know and always walking yep. around the block when all yeah. of us are sitting sitting home for dinner and they're they're running out from their families to go help somebody else so. yeah and um and they're protecting us you know and our freedoms and all that yeah for sure and the uh i wanted to ask you just your two missions for the church of jesus christ and latter-day saints where did you travel to and what did you do? 
Yeah. So, um, most people have seen um, missionaries traveling, you know, like even in throughout, they're all throughout the world. I mean, right now, I think there's probably 60,000 missionaries in the world. And most of them are 19 year old guys, you know, 18, 19 year old guys. And then there's some gals that you'll see that are 21 and older. I was, I went on my mission when I was 19. And um, I say that that was a great experience for dealing with people. And I went in I was on my mission for um, from 1983 to 85, my first one, as a 19-year-old in wow. North and South Dakota. Now, <laughs> let me tell you, the winters there are like mm. 50 below zero, and the summers there are hot and humid, and you're out there with farms, and there's people. There's not very many people out there, but it was such a great experience to go and learn about people. And I'm telling you, when you go door-to-door and try to talk to people about religion, I learned so much about people and a lot of people in the Midwest were so good to us and so nice to us. There were a few people that, you know, threatened to beat us up and things like that. But for the most part, people were very kind. But I learned how to talk to people, how to build relationships with people. And to this day, I am still friends. 40 years ago, I went on this mission and I'm still friends with so many people that lived in those areas um, and I was able to see people get baptized and things. It was really an incredible experience. And to bring wow. them, you know, um, the, you know, to talk to people about our Savior and Christ and, and things and to see some of these people that change their lives. It was really incredible. And then later on in life, um, after I retired, I was able to go on a mission to Hawaii. So you got the polar opposite. You got North Dakota, South Dakota and Hawaii. And I taught religion classes at the University of Hawaii Institute. I taught five classes a week to college kids. And it was incredible. I loved it. It was so fun. And the kids were incredible. And it was the Institute was really nice. It was a place where they would come for religion classes. And then we had meals once a week and they had pool tables in there and ping pong. And these kids would come and hang out and study in between classes. It was right there on the campus of the University of Hawaii, but it was incredible. And I still have some amazing uh, relationships and experiences with some of these young kids. And incredibly smart young people it was a great great experience for me for sure oh man that's just brings a smile to my face i love serving myself and i i related to some of the kids i've coached when they were 10 11 years old i just ran into a kid today you know he's 18 now and uh it's just it's so cool to see them grow up you know into good young men yeah and a lot of these kids you know they they I mean, I taught some pretty interesting classes and they, they liked my experience that I had in business. And even today, I get a lot of them, I'm, I have relationships with them and they'll ask me questions about, you know, they just started a job at Boeing or whatever. And yep. they'll ask me, you know, questions about, you know, just how can I, you know, how, can, how I can help them and things like that. So it's been, it's been really fun, kind of be a mentor to them. And, and um, they, they eat that stuff up, the college kids. They, they were great kids. I loved it. Yeah. And you're such an inspiration, Doug, just from all the travel and that you do, the experience. I know you told me you flew two, two million, two, there's a 2,000 or 2 million miles? 2 million, yeah. I would have these moments where I'd be at a hotel and I'm like, I think I stayed here before. I mean, I just, <laughs> I've been to every state. I've been to Europe. I've been to the Philippines, Mexico, Canada, every place. And I, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't know that I'd want to do it now. But I mean, I... I just love traveling, you know, and, 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 and I built so many good relationships and, and I still have customers that I dealt with now who are my best friends, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, I talk to them weekly and, and they're retired and I'm retired and we're just friends. I mean, it, 
it's all about, if people will understand this, it's all about building relationships. That's a huge part of sales, marketing, and business is show an interest in people, right? Show and don't talk about yourself so much, but show an interest, be sincere yep. and, and find out what they are interested in and take a real sincere interest in people and become their friends. And you will have so much success in your life and you, and, and you're going to have friends, you know, you'll be friends forever with these people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, relationships are everything, you know, it's, it's yeah, so culmination of, of those relationships usually land you where you are, you know? Yeah. So many people in sales and marketing, they just want to talk, talk, talk. But I found that if you'll just be quiet and listen to people to what they need and develop friendship and be sincere, sure. you will be so successful. And, and then I always delivered. And one thing people told me, they said, you know, one thing they, they tell me, Stephen, they'd say, one thing I liked about you, Doug, is when we needed something, you responded back to us very quickly mm-hmm. and you got us the things that we need. And so I think if you're going to stand yourself out from the crowd and be successful is listen, respond, respond quickly, help people and just be a friend and you will be so successful. It's not that mm-hmm. simple. It's not that hard. You know, do oh. those things. And do it sincerely and respond quickly and take care of their needs and you will be super successful. Rockstar. Yeah. And just being consistent, you know, is, is what you yeah. just labeled as well, for sure. Uh, and also, Doug, I know you were born in uh, Germany as well. Is that true? Yeah, I was. My father was in the military. I was born in Germany. My mom and dad met in Germany. And um, interesting experience. My dad couldn't speak German very much. My mom couldn't speak English. My dad came off the base and would go into the city and he saw my mom working at this uh, mayor's office and he's like, Whoa, she's awesome. And so he showed up at her house and my grandfather always said to my mom, do not ever bring home a Catholic and do not ever bring home an American. So my dad just showed up at her house. She goes, I have no idea how your dad found out where I lived. He rings the doorbell. My mom sees him and she slams the door in his face. And my grandpa (laughs) said, who is that? And he goes, she goes, that was the wrong house. But my dad kept coming back and kept coming back. And um, so she said, hey, I have to ask you this. Uh, What religion are you? And he goes, I'm Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she said, that has to be worse than a Catholic. You know, she was so (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, come to find out my grandfather, of course, my dad was so such a good guy. My grandfather loved him and everything worked out. And my mom, my mom ended up joining our church later, you know, and um, and coming to moving to Utah with my dad, got married. And, but then we actually moved back home. I was born there and then we moved back to Utah. And then the way that they found the ladder little giant was we moved back to Germany again when I was younger in, you know, elementary school. And my dad was working as a life insurance salesman because he now learned German and he was selling life insurance. So they opened up an office in Germany and that's where my dad saw this original ladder from a German house painter and so if we hadn't have gone back, we would have never had the little giant ladder. And, and it was a huge blessing to us. It was pretty amazing. That's so great. It fits right into the story for sure. Yeah. And uh, just some hobbies, Doug, to wrap up, but just motorcycle. I know you collect motorcycle cars, playing golf, reading, fitness. What, yeah. What you know, I got in, my dad always loved cars, you know, and um, later on in life, my dad had over 60 cars. Okay. 
he met Jay Leno. They got to be friends. And, and I mean, my gosh, my dad, because he was in the infomercials, my dad met Jay Leno and John Voight and all these people. Yeah. It was, it was pretty incredible. In fact, John Voight, Angelina Jolie's dad, my dad was at a thing in LA and a black tie event. And John Voight comes up to my dad and goes, I know you, you're the ladder man on TV. And my dad's like, John Voight knows me. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it was incredible, but yeah. So I started liking cars because my dad loved cars and motorcycles, and I I collect a few, but I I'm not I don't have that many. But it's it's been a fun little hobby. But yep. <laughs> excellent. So uh, we're gonna wrap up here, Doug. But leave let's leave the field of dreams audience here with one last comment that you have. Well, I think kind of what we talked about today is um, you know really taking care of people, and you know consider yourself in the people business. And if you'll take care of people, if you'll help people, if you'll um, remember people's names and find out what their needs are, as Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other people get what they want, you will get what you want. And so I think really what I learned mostly from Hal Wing was watching him was be honest, work hard, take care of people, listen and always keep your word and build quality and take care of people, man, you will have amazing things happen to you. And um, that's kind of been, you know, my life is, is developing relationships, helping people get what they want and, and, you know, everything good will happen to you and uh, work hard and anything's possible. So I, I hope that, um, like I said, if, if people, you know, want to know how to get a hold of me, you've got all my information there and, and, uh, but I, I appreciate being here today and uh, I've had such a wonderful life and, um, had an incredible dad that, that just taught us, Hey, do these things and you will be uber successful. And it happened. It was, he was right. And, and, uh, I'm so blessed. I just have a very, really good life. Well, it's so great to hear Doug. And it, it's been an, uh, an honor and a privilege to have you on. I've been, you know, building a relationship with you over the years and, and just, uh, to get a guy like you on here with your experience, your knowledge, and just how authentic you are as a person. So just very grateful for that. And you brought some serious value to my audience tonight, and we will be sharing uh, to, to everybody across all the platforms. So thank you again for tonight. We wish you all the best. Congrats on getting engaged. Uh, we all want an invite to the wedding. So start saving your money and uh, let's invite the audience. But uh, just really happy for you. I know you're really coming into your own and, and you deserve all of it. So. Thank you, Stephen. I, I've been following you and watching you and um, good luck in Texas. I know that you'll do great and uh, you, you have the skills and, and uh, I, 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 I'm going to keep watching you because I think you're going to do great things. So thank you very much. It's been great to get to know you and I appreciate our friendship. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Same here. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks guys. All right, guys. So that was episode number 14, Doug Wing. Uh, just incredible knowledge and uh, his experience with his dad and, and working uh, with uh, little giant ladders. Uh, I think we got enough of what we were looking for tonight. So uh, praise to Doug and everything that he's about. I just want to thank our sponsors really quickly. Uh, SRO Business Coaching, Hire Coach SRO to help achieve uh, business success on a cleat string budget. We have the business MD, Christine, Dr. Christine West impacting the mind, mood, and behavior in your business. Uh, and last but not least, we have the YIT Foundation, CEO Sharon Tony Finch, assisting preemies, veterans, and their families, 
any way possible, as well as providing housing, health care, and other necessary assistances to veterans. So thank you, Sharon, for all that you do for veterans. And those are our list of sponsors. Everybody have a great night. Go after your field of dreams. And we'll see you for episode number 15 uh, in the coming week. I have another exciting guest coming on. So thank you all for following and have a great night. Take care.